There's an important modifier there. That modifier <laughs> means it has beaten Klingon by a hair. Yeah. Has it? I don't and know if that's... I feel Dothraki. like I want to recount on that. I suspect there might be more people in the world who speak Klingon than Esperanto. What I got for Hanukkah? Klingon dictionary and two phasers. There's just so much to unpack there. This is the Stack Overflow Podcast, episode 88. Ah, did you get that? Episode 88? Talk about 88. that in a second. Recorded Tuesday, September 20th, 2016 at Stack Overflow headquarters in New York, New York, home of Madison Square Garden, which is neither square nor a garden, nor is it connected <laughs> to Madison Avenue or President Madison or Madison, Wisconsin, or anything Madison, really. <laughs> Where more than 8 million people live in peace and enjoy the benefits of democracy. Today's podcast is brought to you by... The International Otter Survival Fund, the only charity solely dedicated to the conservation, protection, and care of otters based on over 20 years of scientific research in the UK and around the world. The International Otter Survival Fund, www.otter.org. Today's podcast is also sponsored by Compose, an IBM company. As a developer, you want to build great apps and bootstrap faster, not be limited by your operational tool set. Imagine a world with instantly built production-grade data layers on Compose know what data layers are hopefully they will send us a letter i'm imagining it right now layers and layers it's either like a seven layer taco bell concoction that's probably what it is one layer of black beans one layer of sour cream one layer of fritos etc for seven (laughs) layers on today's podcast the usual crew vice president of community product jay hanlon good afternoon vp of engineering david fullerton morning and brand new news editor ilani itzaki Hi. Hi, Ilana. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Tell us about yourself because you're going to oh, be this is excellent. So I'm this the uh... podcast. Until, at least until we fire you, which might be at the end of this episode. <laughs> Joel, you have to stop talking until to then. introduce yourself. I'm the office manager here in the New York headquarters. Grand headquarters. Yeah. And now news editor. So you can tell people, I think news editor is a higher ranking position than office manager. I think, well, editor or manager. Office manager seems like the highest ranking in-person position at any given shop, yeah. basically. Okay. Well, that decides when you eat. I'll take both. Yeah. Go ahead and get the yeah. new business cards printed up. And <laughs> since you're the office manager, you can take care of that. I'm your host, Joel Spolsky. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks. Also, we got special guests. We'll bring them on in a second on today's podcast. Creative director, Curtis Beavers. Hello. And software development engineer, Kevin Montrose. Hello. Here in studio. Some of these people are remote. Some of them are in studio. Just for those of you that don't know, you can imagine that some of the people are here and some of the people are not here. So if you're drawing a sketch of all the people participating, you have yeah. to put some in one room some of them and are some here. in other rooms. For example, and... if you pick a person, they might be here, they might not be here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about the number. A bunch of you are saying, wait a minute, I thought this was podcast 73. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes. And yet it's podcast 78. Widespread 88. confusion on 88. the podcast verse. And do you know why that is? Because 88 is super lucky in parts of Asia? Yeah. We're pulling a Windows 10 and just skipping some numbers. I yes, like that. that too. I like that. Both wrong, but because it's like two infinities that are sideways and in love. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. Like a little baby otter sleeping on a mother otter. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yes. It's going to be an otter kind of day, isn't it? Yeah. Well, that's the sponsor. All right. Tell us. Tell us why. The reason why is that this is the Stack Overflow podcast, <gasps> not the Stack Exchange podcast. So what does that mean? Well, in the old days, we had the Stack Overflow podcast, and then we changed to the Stack Exchange podcast, and we started the numbering with number one. And then somebody said, can't this be the Stack Overflow podcast? Can we change the name back to Stack Overflow? And we've been running the podcast as if it was the Stack Exchange podcast. A wrong podcast this whole time. Yes. So the trouble is that we've already had 87 episodes of the Stack Overflow podcast back in the day. And so if we numbered this Stack Overflow podcast, we could either go back to one and that would be super confusing. We'd have two of everything. Or we could stick with 73, which would not make sense. Or we could jump ahead to 88. We could have done the Stack Overflow podcast 2.0 
episode one. This is very much like Microsoft Word. Or you can just go like a thousand and one. So you can't yeah. possibly oh, overlap. Oh, that's good. Just add a big number to Back overflow gap. XP podcast. Yeah. Primary yes. key hack. Yeah. Okay. Let's see what else we have on the agenda. David, how's Wallcat going for you? <sighs> so. Follow-up question on Wallcat from previous so episodes. Joel's I heard a sigh. Make me, you know. Yeah. Take back my review from before. So recant, I originally. The word is recant. I've reinstalled Wallcat and it's actually working now. Wallcat is an application that delivers you beautiful Pictures. New backgrounds. This has day. gotten now and it's about actually 13 minutes for about one minute. Well, Wall David cat. first argued that it neither delivered beautiful pictures nor did they appear every day. So right. that's right. It was failing on both of its promises, but then yeah. I reinstalled it and now it's actually working. It just okay. some days you log in and it's not there yet, and then randomly at some point in the day it'll reconnect to the server and then you've got a new image. You just have to, you know. You just have to be patient. Be patient, I guess, which I, you know, I guess I'm, I'm not good at. It's this I'm nice thing that happens that. when so you is accidentally it, is like, it minimize all your windows. It is. It's it's beautiful. Okay, so we can update our collective review to Wallcat delivers beautiful images some days at a time determined by That's itself right. randomly. Yeah. That's okay. Right. I'm okay. changing my binary Just like review from zero to one. Correct. <laughs> it's like sometimes we deliver podcasts. <laughs> and our podcasts, I feel comfortable saying, are never beautiful. Never. Not once. By the way, are we broadcasting live? Are there live? people listening? Next no. question. Is anyone listening? Not even internally? The answer appears to be no. I feel so alone. We're like voices crying out in the darkness. Okay, so starting real soon, we're going to have live listeners as well. And if you are a listener at home, we'll announce the time, but I think it's usually going to be Tuesdays at 3 o'clock. And then if you listen on Tuesdays at 3 o'clock, you'll get the recording of the podcast. I thought when you said soon we're going to have live listeners, you were going to like gesture at someone and they were going to yeah. go like pull in people away from their work to sit just, here and okay. just watch us. Watch <laughs> us awkwardly yeah. while they look at their watch and worry about the code just they're not kind writing. Of wish they could be making phone calls to customers. Try to titter at our jokes. Okay, so Wallcat does work. Checking that off. <laughs> Do you want my stock in this list. company? This is they've, this has been okay. Thank you. It's free. Do you have a new one minute review for us? I do. I'm I'm going to review that my new iPhone 7 with iOS 10.0. Oh, everybody's reviewing that. You're supposed to tell us about things that other people don't know about. So, for starters, yes. I can see him starting his review and most of the reviews I've read about online did not start by plunging their hands into a toilet bowl to review on the <laughs> waterproofness in the most relevant Yeah, yeah. Situation. Quick, somebody spill a drink on his phone. It was just going to be one minute, but now you got me all depressed <laughs> about how I don't really have, first of all, a minute how of they stuff have to the say headphones. about it. That's what the audience really wants to know, Joel. The lack of a headphone jack is a problem because I listen to a lot of podcasts. I listen to at least three hours of crap, like on the subway and in the gym every day. Why does that matter? Because I don't have a headphone. There's no headphone jack. There is this lovely lightning jack, which you can get oh, a dongle. Oh, did you not buy the magic wireless I do not understand thingy. this no, problem. Magic wireless so things wait, are not out yet, and I don't want them. Everyone anyway. says, like, here's the problem. They don't want to use the headphones it comes with. Fine. Okay, I like those. Not everyone does. I get that. They're like, but so what I gotta do is I gotta carry a phone around with this weird dongle on all the time, and it's got a tail, and isn't that weird? Yeah. And yeah. why don't you attach <laughs> the dongle to the other cord that is already four and a half feet long? So now it's four and a half feet plus two inches long, and your life is back like it was before. Yeah, that's what I've been doing. Okay, so that's what I've been doing. We have a new site, Esperanto. Esperanto, for people that like languages that are interesting as opposed useless. to spoken, I think. Right. But that's okay. <laughs> it's a very idealistic language. I think they still think it's going to become a spoken language, to be clear. I respect the tenacity, yeah. taking the long view. Like, yeah, no one thought Clooney was going to be famous for the first 25 years of his career. And like, yeah. it really shook out okay for him. It could be the year for Esperanto. Now, I should point out, it's not impossible to take a dead language or a non-spoken language and make it spoken again. And this has happened famously in the case of Hebrew. You sound a little bit like the child of linguists who is overly optimistic. Yeah. You need a nation state to embrace your language. Yeah. And I think the reason it worked with Hebrew is that the Jews from all over the world came to 
what was then, uh, well, just call it the land of Israel. And <laughs> they all spoke different languages. Please and, send your letters to Experts Exchange, located at <laughs> 2422 Avenue of the Americas, New York, New York. Yeah, they had no common language that they could speak. And so as they all had to learn another language to be the common language in the first place, German was the first suggestion, but Hebrew was more popular. Loyadati. Hey. Wow, that's some, Does some that Hebrew mean stuff. dull story, Joel, in Hebrew? Or <laughs> is that Esperanto or Hebrew? Is Esperanto for 90210. Okay. And <laughs> so happy I got 90210 on the podcast. It's my big day. <laughs> that's fairly common if you ever make address boxes and you require the zip code. And because you never thought about the fact that you're going to have people outside the United States filling out your address box, the people outside the United States are going to be forced to put in a five-digit zip code that matches your regular expression because you think you're a brilliant programmer and you put a regular expression field there that required five digits. And they're just going to type 90210 because that's the one zip code that everybody has had to learn everywhere in the world. Or they're expressing their love for a beloved television show. They just need to listen. Exploring the hardships of getting old. Let me flip it around for you. Name one postal code in England that is a valid postal code. Or past two regular expressions. No, not a real postal postal codes there. They do, and you need them to do all kinds of stuff on web pages in England. And I don't even I don't know any. I don't even know one. I believe they're letters, actually. Yeah, it's like it's alternating letters and numbers. Letters. Those English. The only time I know I'm on a UK web page is when I get one of those stupid cookie warnings. Yes. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's like, hey, you're on the internet. We thought we'd tell you how the internet worked because yeah. land in Europe. Are you okay with using the internet? Yes. See, there may not be a lot of obvious upsides of Brexit, but I bet they could ditch all that nonsense. All the that's cookie warnings would be worth it. I that's think that alone BS. Would be, I would guarantee be they'll have them for at least another 45 years. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? This is a reason just to move everybody to some mobile app. Everybody will use a different mobile app instead Did of just all going Did you actually give pages. us your review of your iPhone? Yeah, I did. I, I don't remember what I said about it. But it was, I, you guys used up all my minute. Are there other things you like about it or dislike? It is much faster than the 6. The most useful thing that is faster is the fact that by the time you finish pressing the little button, it has already read your fingerprint. With a 6, you used to have to hold your finger on the button for at least a second while it contemplated whether to let you in. And you don't really press the button, right? You apply pressure to the button and the button sends like an electrocution and the whole thing to shakes. the part of your brain that thinks you right. pressed a button. Yes. And there's a direct so, brain implant yeah. that makes you think you've pressed a button. That's right. And I heard about why that is, which is sort of interesting, is apparently people in Asia don't like pressing the middle button. I saw that. Yeah. I saw that. This is not a racist thing. They're afraid their phone's going to break, right? Because the first, you know, I don't know, seven generations of iPhone, that button would wear out. It was, yeah, out. fail point. Moved a lot. Oh, it yeah, that weird little If you pressed it too it. many times, it would stop working and you had to. And they use the, the what's it called? The, you know. Yes. They turn on the assistive technology. The software button. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you can get a software button, version of it. And it floats on the screen. Yeah, I have that. This and is... you press it, and then when that's in your way... That's the software I button. I like Joel. Joel is showing us his phone. He has this assistive thing on. He's like, you know what they do in Asia? Isn't that weird? <laughs> Which is what he's actually doing on his own no, no, phone. And you blamed a whole continent for your weirdness. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just reading the same stupid internet <laughs> websites as you guys. <laughs> Dude, I'm deleting Twitter. Okay. <sighs> and Hacker News. Okay, did we talk about Esperanto enough? I think so. So if you're interested in Esperanto or you're trying to graduate from Klingon yeah. or Elvish or any other language, check out the new Esperanto Those website. Are silly languages. Esperanto what, what is makes... a serious language for serious people. Esperanto to stackexchange.com. Esperanto is apparently 129 years old. What? Yep. 129? Yeah. I thought it was in like the 60s. 1887. I thought it was made after yeah. like World War I. 1887. That wasn't in the 60s, I don't think. It was back in the days when there were no lingua franca. I think actually probably the thing that hurts what, Esperanto How could there be the no lingua franca? That, that goes back to like the Middle Ages. 
That's true. And it was Frankish. Literally the expression of like it goes back <laughs> to the Middle Ages. A They're, good uh, sign that something is old is the only way to describe it. Is it Latin? <laughs> <laughs> Probably not a fresh idea. <laughs> oh, you're right. It was created. In All right. This review has now taken 18 minutes. <laughs> I get to move on. Maybe the stock exchange will be that last push it needs <laughs> to, <laughs> to, to, to make us run down. How do you say four? There's going to be questions in there like, how do you say four on this project? <laughs> <laughs> it's a great oh, that, that question uh-huh. gives an idea for a follow-up question I'd like to ask after that. <laughs> how do you say five? Oh, now it's a dupe. <laughs> Damn it. Oh. Okay. Okay, now we have a new feature on this podcast. We got a bunch of features. It's going to get better. We'll have music tracks for them soon. But we're getting all kinds of new features. The first feature is that we're going to build a constitution for Stack Overflow. On every episode oh, of Stack Overflow podcast, we're going to ask you, our listeners, to vote on elements of the new Stack Overflow constitution. You can vote. You have to have a Twitter account. We might do something about that. Let's start with a Twitter account. And the way you vote is by tweeting pro or con. Every one of these constitutional amendments is going to have pro or con, followed by the hashtag Stack Overflow podcast which is shift three, I guess, in American keyboards. Sorry, did you just tell our Stack podcast Overflow audience podcast. how they might find a hashtag? hashtag. <laughs> okay, that's okay. I wasn't sure if that's something everybody Super knows. First point them toward the part of so the computer that they type things on so they know where to start looking would be- Hashtag Stack Overflow Podcast and your explanation in 140 characters or less or actually substantially less because you have to write pro or con and then Stack Overflow Podcast. So Stack Overflow like, Podcast is kind matters. of a long hashtag. It is. You got about the 120 characters to write your reason, short but- Thick. Uh, four. <laughs> so we've got an editor. We s- okay, good. Okay, okay. Here we go. No, we need an editor. Your short explanation in a very limited number of characters as to what the reason is that you are voting for. <laughs> Sorry, Jay's losing it. Okay. okay. How old are we? I, I, would, I knew it was going to get weird. I just never know how. I'll point out the link not counting in the tweet, yeah. went out. So now you can actually write as many characters as you want as long as you put a .com in. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, every word just says have .com. Yeah, just make it, make it hyphens <laughs> yeah, and underscores. Some people will, and, yeah, but then it just becomes t.co, t.co, t.co. Ah, but that's unwrapped Yeah. whenever you look at it. Okay, so today's constitutional question is, does everybody understand the instructions? I'll repeat them one more time. Today's constitutional question is, should you put your pants on before your socks? That's going to be... <laughs> Pants before socks. That's the more normal one, right? And so that's going to be <laughs> Isn't that the whole con. Or should you actually put your socks on before your pants? That's pro. Okay? So I think we've already butchered the structure. So you're pro if, socks? I may, if I may say. It's not if easy you to make a constitution. This is a difficult This is like the project. constitutional convention. There will yes. probably be, I don't know, like we're going to argue. We're going to fight over... Central right. authority. There's a proposed amendment. No, we're just going to vote on Twitter, and then next week, Ilana will tell us how many people At some point, Aaron Burr is going to murder somebody, if I understand history roughly correctly. Yeah. But if you want it to be pro yeah. or con, as opposed to pick which one, yeah. you have to make an assertion. There's a proposed amendment. Pants must yes. be put on before yes. socks. Right. This is right. right. Socks before pants. Bro That's what's con. being proposed, yes. Somebody the is proposing is that socks, socks must be put on before pants. Are you pro right. or con? Right. To be clear, in this case, con does not mean ambivalence. You're endorsing the opposite, right? Yeah. It is socks must be put on before pants. Or not. I'll go on record and say I'm violently opposed to putting socks on before pants. Yeah. This, this is just ridiculous. There's a clear argument here, which is pants are a higher priority clothing item than socks. Unless you're a remote employee. Yeah, but remote then you're not putting on socks <laughs> either. Let's put it this way. The doorbell <laughs> is probably not putting Wait, socks so hang on. on is anyone else just hearing like the... Don't ask the question, Jay. You don't want to know. <laughs> don't ask so a question Kurt, you don't want to know the Curtis, answer to. Curtis, our remote creative director... 
was pointing out that if you're remote, pants might be optional. And now I will never think of Curtis again without thinking of like old time rock and roll playing and Curtis sliding up to his desk in a white shirt, no pants, petty whities and socks, a la risky business. Like that is who he will be burned in my memory forever. That is who I am. Never ask a remote coworker whether they're wearing pants. Yeah, everyone's doing it now. I'll give you a minute. Here's the thing. If you put on your socks and then you fail to put on your pants, <laughs> or even if you just put on your socks before you put Don't on your you pants. Don't you mean when? Do you mean there's when? There's going to be a moment when you're walking around in your house in just socks. That's right. And that's and much more absurd than walking around in no socks. That's Yeah, that's just depraved. Well, actually, I think the worst thing is if it's like Argyle socks, then that is really dirty. But, Whereas if it's like athletic <laughs> socks, it's kind of cool. So we have to decide Argyle so versus I, but athletic. I, like, I agree. You put the pants on first clearly, but we're all applying like a conceptual approach to what is really an operational problem. Like it actually makes more sense operationally to put the socks on first because putting on pants is in no way impeded by having socks on, while putting on socks is harder when pants are on. Although I do agree with you, I put the pants on first, presumably because I feel I must wear them. I wear tight jeans now, and I cannot get my socks all the way up with the tight jeans. I can't, they just, they're just, if it's I think there's something wrong length, with both your jeans and the length of your socks, yeah, in my, my opinion. Yeah, my jeans are pretty tight, okay. and the length of my socks is, you know, just regular calf length, whatever. I can't get them the full... Like you've got some kind of weird yeah. hipster skinny thing happening at the ankle. Is yeah. that what's going on? But what I really want to do is put on one sock and then one pant leg. Let me ask a question though. I, I can help diagnose this problem. Do your, that, that do do sock, your socks meet in the middle? Because that's called something else. And then shoes. What? Okay. And then another sock, another pant leg, and then oh. the other shoe. Now you're oh, just this, trolling us. So it's like oh, getting dressed going, left to right. You no, know, you know what you're doing there? You're going like Eric yeah, Reese, like style. pure lean startup. Like you must get one whole leg done. Right, you got to get an Learn MVP. Learn from that leg. I'm not Clothing sure that's MVP. an MVP. I've, no. I'm pretty okay. sure that's what yeah. he said. Actually, anyway. I would argue that pants only is probably the MVP. Yeah. Guys, we've done 18 minutes on pants. How do our socks. viewers vote again? Quick Time for our writer? viewers to vote. Go to Twitter right now. Type pro or con, hashtag Stack Overflow podcast. And hopefully, when are we going to get this podcast out? We have to get this podcast out faster than we normally do. But go do that, like, literally right now. And well, when we get the results, we'll read them to you next week. And the They'll person who has the funniest explanation, whether it is pro or con, whether or not they win, the funniest explanation is going to win a prize, which consists of one Stack Overflow sticker. That's right. <laughs> to be clear, we're not, we're not tallying votes here. It is yeah. literally funniest answer wins and decides. We'll also tally votes and that decides what goes in the constitution, which is what's really important. But the funniest oh, answer. No, I think the funniest answer should decide what goes in the constitution. Meritocracy. Are we really going to mail them one voting, The voting doesn't matter at all. You don't want to send them like a car or something? Did you just volunteer to buy them a car? I heard Jay volunteered to buy them a car. Yeah. Yeah. We don't have the budget for it, but if you want to use your you know, salary. I think it'd be quite the sticker thing sounds. That's After good. I that install good. my new sprinkler control system, I'm going to have an old sprinkler control system. You could, you could <laughs> win oh, that God. too. That's what we should give away is every week we'll give away a sticker. Every like third week we'll give away a t-shirt, but each week you get something that Joel Spolsky has decided <laughs> to discard. In some cases, you may have to pick it up yourself. All of his old headphones that have the old headphone jack. Okay. Pro or con. <laughs> hashtag Stack Overflow Podcast. Socks before pants. Remember, pro is... Socks, Socks first. <laughs> Thank you. The wrong answer. Which none okay. of us endorsed here. Let's talk a little bit about what's going on with documentation. Oh, the real topic. Documentation. Okay. So we have both Kevin and Curtis here. You may remember Kevin from such previous podcasts as when we talked about documentation as a thing coming in the future. Yeah. Kevin has been, in addition to being the data team lead here and a longtime senior developer, Kevin's been the lead on team documentation and really kind of oversaw the beginning of the process or the studying that got it to its amazing state today. And Curtis has been lead designer in addition designer. to being our creative director on this project. So Curtis, welcome. I have a question for you. Ah, go for it. What is the worst thing that people most consistently say to designers the worst thing it would be make it pretty 
Make it pretty. Just make it pretty. <laughs> yeah. Don't change any of the functionality. Could you make it pop? I feel like Docs is good, that, but it just doesn't pop. Make it yes. pretty sounds like something Tim Gunn would say while waving his hand walking through a room of fashion designers. It feels like your mom picked out your prom outfit. <laughs> <laughs> Why would that be weird? So design is not just certification is what you think yeah it's but this so, is so your justification more. for why docs is not pretty that's what you're trying to tell us right now <laughs> exactly. it's functional you're like no it's functional over Super pretty and we're like but can you make it utilitarian pop? it should be slick i think it should be slick a little slicker yeah you want to pop more want to, even more want even to more? maybe just a little just put a little pop there what if it said upsell somehow in its tone red the color the poppy color yeah. you think? need yeah. the marquee class back i thought it'd be more purple do you have comic sans <laughs> Do we have electricity sheets for comic sans? This font isn't so whimsical. You got anything whimsical? <laughs> I saw a funny font at the bakery this let's all, morning. Let's play a game where we guess what the designer is wearing right now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. okay, okay. Uh, you want to start? Yeah. start? All right, all right, all right. Okay. Okay. Red jeans. Okay, oh, good, 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 good. A black turtleneck, but you can't see the whole turtleneck. You can just see the top part because it's poking up from under. The red jeans. <laughs> <laughs> These are very tall red jeans. <laughs> oh, a cape, a cape. <laughs> And a monocle <laughs> and a beret. <laughs> like the beret. And found objects. In I your assume ear. Curtis has perfect vision, but he's wearing glasses that look like I am pay, designed them personally, right. and then made them out of found glass. Yeah. No, they're from yes. Warby Parker. They're Warby Parker glasses. Okay. They're Warby Parker glasses with a special film that blocks IBM blue. And the big punchline? <laughs> yeah. Turtlenecks not really black. It just <laughs> looks black. Oh, if you it could looks just see black all the letters, hangout. you would yeah. know it is not in fact black. It's actually blue, like 703762-9, according to Pantone. Yeah, you guys got everything right except the pants. Which is actually <laughs> deep indigo. No, because he's not no, wearing any. Because no. he's a remote yeah. worker, and therefore... <laughs> and therefore, he's just wearing socks. Red socks. Uh, do you hire a remote? Hire a remote. Okay. I didn't have time to put on pants. We can talk about hiring a remote. Another podcast. Yes. Uh, we're here to talk about documentation today, and Curtis's fucking outfit. Yeah, so outfit. far this was terrible. We haven't said a single no, thing about documentation. No. What even is documentation? I don't even know what that is. Kevin's looking at me, which is frightening because he's know. in charge of documentation. I can answer that. Go for it, Kevin. Documentation is a community-curated, example-focused developer documentation based on the principles of Stack Overflow, not reference documentation. It is not classes and parameter names. It's mostly examples. The stuff you wish was in documentation, the documentation. but is never in or is so trivial that it doesn't help at all. How does documentation relate to the old thing we used to talk about of canonical answers? So canonical answers are something that would happen by accident and stack over for like these great, mm. this explains this whole concept. It shows me all the different knobs I might need to accomplish a task. Those were very rare. Documentation is designed to produce more of those. More of those. And the idea is a sense is that there will be thousands of questions, all of which should probably point to this thing at some yes. point. And accordingly, we care a lot more about like there being the one great topic with a bunch of examples and documentation. So it's much more focused on collaborative editing and in Q&A, where it's mostly someone asks a question, someone posts an answer, but it's those two people and their one chunk of content. And while you, it can be edited, it doesn't happen a ton in practice. So there's more of the wiki yes. mechanics in documentation. I view that sort of as Wiki, which means a train at the Honolulu airport the in train. Hawaiian. Wiki, wiki. Okay. Yeah. I think obviously documentation, because it is more canonical, like we expect to apply to more circumstances, it's more important that multiple people can contribute and iterate. But I think also that's something I always felt like we had underemphasized the tad on Stack Overflow. Which is like, you see people often being like, I wanted to make this answer better in some way, but I was concerned it would add too much or change too much from the author's original intent. And I'm always sad when I see that. I always feel like if you're not contradicting what someone was trying to say, we want that kind of editing. 
but there's just enough of a sense sort of of ownership on SO where people are resistant in ways where I almost feel like it'd be better if they weren't. But yeah, mm. there's some history going on there too, because one of the last things that was added to Stack Overflow, and to me seems very recent, but if you look at the blog posts is actually years and years ago, is the notion of like suggesting edits and whatnot, yep. letting anyone come in and poke at something. By the time Stack Overflow was successful. Record-wise, I believe Stack Overflow has had suggested edits. You said it seems very recent. Over four years now. Yeah. I'm very bad at time. <laughs> <laughs> Just broadly speaking. It's less than 20 minutes, but more than four decades. <laughs> Somewhere between a furlong and a, and a tweet. But for the longest time, the only way you can edit someone else's content was to have like 2,000 or 4,000 rep, yep. like a very, very high bar to be able to do that. So even though notionally we had this idea of anyone can edit, in practice, you would not encounter that ability and you would not like as something you could do for a long time and you would not experience someone doing it to you. Right. So it kind of reinforced plus ownership and the rep system kind of ignoring edits for the most part. Lots of historical baggage like Q&A doesn't emphasize or doesn't get as much editing as we wish it would. So I want to dig on this a little bit like what we learned, what we're kind of still working on. But first, we haven't talked since the launch on the podcast. How did it go? I mean, we're seeing a fair number of contributions. I don't have the numbers in front of me, unfortunately. Obviously, we got a big pop right around launch. Sure. There's a lot of topics in there. There's huge numbers of contributions. Yes. I just noticed Android passed C-sharp in the number of topics. 177 topics. Yes, and each of those topics will have several examples, typically. And even just like a lot of upvotes and stuff yeah, like and that. Yes, and the really kind of interesting thing there is changes. And you used to be able to go and see how many changes people had proposed pretty easily, but then we fixed people <laughs> not reviewing those changes. <laughs> so now the list is actually very short. That's the queue of proposed changes, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And some of the topics have hundreds of contributors and authors oh, yeah. that are working together. But these are really fleshed. I mean, obviously, one of the most popular ones, but, you know, Android has 177 topics on the lead. But within those topics, let's see the first one. I'm just on the front page here, but you got 20 examples, 24 examples, 12 examples. Obviously, a huge amount of content created in under about a month now. I think what's the most upvoted yeah. topic? Is it the C-sharp exception filters one? I think that might actually be the Java arrays topic, oh, which okay. has... Some issues we're not addressing. Not necessarily the best example. Not necessarily the best example, but it's one of its examples is like 700-something upvotes, an absurd number of upvotes. One of the things that I think we're going to see is what definitely happened with the original Stack Overflow is as new technologies came out, they were much more prominent on Stack Overflow. There was a long period of time where right. we were not the best source for older programming languages. Like Actually, it took people a while to start using Stack Overflow for Ruby because Ruby was already sort of well-documented elsewhere. Whereas iPhone development had not been. And so we became a great place for iPhone development. And eventually we just took over. And I think that'll happen here too. But I'm seeing like this new C-sharp feature of exception filters, which is like the catch when thing. And that's got a huge number of votes and a really good explanation, a bunch of examples. How do you use it? Yep. So we are seeing, I'd say, decent engagement. Obviously, we're about a month Six to eight weeks. We don't say that anymore. Post-launch. <laughs> that was the electrical shock. Yeah, again. yeah. Six to eight weeks. <laughs> it is an actually accurate measure of time, just this once. But <laughs> we're obviously still iterating a bunch. We've got the beta label slapped up there, and we're doing roughly weekly updates on meta, and we'll probably do some blog posts about like the changes we're rolling out and ways we're responding to the community. A lot of things in documentation, like we knew we were going to be unable to test in like private beta, especially the like large community problems. And so now we're live on Stack Overflow and we're finding a whole bunch of things that we need to address and we're working through that. It is sort of where you used to like be able to try out software just by downloading some bits and running it on your computer and trying it. And 
now that things are like really social networks more than they're just software, you kind of can't try them out. You have to really get deeply involved. Like if you wanted yeah. to try out LinkedIn for the first time, you'd have to make an account and you'd have to get hundreds of friends. <laughs> you'd have to right. connect yeah. to all of them. And then 30 seconds use later, it for several years. you'd see seven or eight LinkedIn employees sniffing around the outside of your house, collecting yeah, your trash. Collecting your trash. <laughs> generally <laughs> staring at you and reading your stuff. Yeah. But one of the things that's interesting, so obviously, as Kevin points out, there, it's new and we're learning and there's still a lot of adjustments happening, but it's an open beta, right? It's live on the site. And I think one of the things that's sort of interesting is that it opens up, I think, the ability to participate just to more people now, which is to say, right now on Stack Overflow, anyone can participate, but there's so much there it's a little more challenging to find a question you can answer sometimes or a new question to ask. And on documentation, because we're really just getting started, whatever language you speak, it is very, very, I speak, excuse me, working. I'm like Esperanto, which is probably, I don't know if that's offensive the way I said Esperanto. it or the right way to say it. I don't know what it would sound like, but I think there's definitely abilities to contribute to examples. And back to your point about it being more collaborative, and this might be a good segment of some of the things we've tweaked or worked on, is in documentation, it's set up so it shares a reputation system with Stack Overflow, which is deliberate. We want people who are sharing knowledge who continue to kind of become more trusted members of the community and use both products potentially. But editors get reputation, right? And that was important and deliberate yes. because we want these things to be maintained, to stay up to date, to iterate. And it was a very deliberate choice that we thought was important, although it also brought us one of our probably larger discoveries post-launch, right, that we wanted to tweak. Yeah, we've made some significant changes to the reputation system. The original goal, and I guess still the current goal, is that simply creating documentation should not be the only way to like earn reputation in the system. When you improve existing documentation, especially this canonical documentation we're trying to produce, you should be rewarded for it, and which like we said, is completely different from how Q&A works. Now, our first pass of this, what we went into public beta with, was just any editor ignoring like just white space changes would earn rep as if they were the creator. And that basically exploded. Did not work very well. But we found a whole bunch of ways in which it didn't work very well, which brought us to the latest revision, which is we actually have now sort of three levels in your contributions to an example or a topic. There's the, you just made, formatting changes, punctuation changes, that you only get rep when someone approves your change. There's a little plus two for, oh, this did help, but there's no recurring, there's no upvotes don't mean anything to you. There's a minor contribution level, which is, hey, you did somewhere between like, I'd say 20 and 350, because those are the numbers. Now you're gonna get a little bit of reputation on upvotes. And then there's the people who have actually made major contributions to an example, that's 350. And that knocked about 60% of the rep off the system, but also brought it... At one stroke. Yes. Millions of fake internet points. Deleted. Gone. Like voices crying out in the darkness. Gone. It's silence. Yes. Like when Alderaan blew up. Yeah. Or like the housing bubble collapse in 2008. You know, they blame people for... I think that was just natural. Okay. It's interesting. Some of this stuff, I think you second guess and you go back and you ask yourself a thousand, they're like, oh, should we figure this out? And part of this is almost a little bit like game leveling, right? Some things were certainly anticipatable when you have more information, but some aspects of what goes weird in the system, it's almost you have to observe the normal behaviors and you learn like some edits are huge, some are tiny, tiny is more common. And it's kind of watching these things play out and seeing, like you said, there's some stuff you just can't learn. Yeah. I mean, we got more rep events in the first day of the beta than we did in all of the private beta. Gosh, started sometime in like November or something of last year. All of that time, we got more data. And when it actually came time to make these tweaks, it's not that we pulled this system out of the air. We actually went through, oh gosh, about a dozen different revisions. Yeah. A lot of them minor tweaks on you know, the same ideas, but and had 
routes hidden behind site settings and things to basically simulate what they would do and pull out, well, this will no longer earn rep or this will earn less rep. These people are going to lose a bunch. These people will gain some, you know, and look at what these rules would do and then basically argue that we thought they were doing the right things. And then eventually we shipped it. I think this might be the second time in history we've actually had like a positively received message where we took a bunch of rep away from people or a repocalypse as we tend to call them yes there was the one where we changed question up votes to five took a lot of rep away from 10 originally yes, yes. that is another one of those things that seems much more recent than it is because it happened in 1963 mm. 1887 believe it or not that's right it was as old as esperanto so, Curtis, from a designer or a UX, from your perspective, what was the most surprising, like, you know, that cartoon of when you user test and you just watch the guy, like, trying to drink out of the bottom of the glass? What did you feel worked <laughs> least like you thought it would from a design perspective? That reminds me, like, the guy that couldn't pour piss out of a boot if the instructions were printed on the heel. Did you make that guy up just now? <laughs> I don't know. It's a Texas thing. I have a lot thing. of questions about this guy's life. Could not pour piss out of a boot if the instructions were printed on the heel. I think mainly... One of the things that we're working on now, in hindsight, is the need to collaborate in a deep way that's even deeper than Q&A, the need to be able to have a workspace where you can work with other people to talk back and forth and share your ideas around the shaping of this canonical artifact. Yeah, this is oh, the, people want to comment. The meta discussion, right? Yes. We're coming at it trying to make sure we can find a more perfect solution than that, but the feedback we keep getting is people are used to being able to comment on a question, discuss things, and get into like, should we do this, should we do that, right? And that's what yeah. they wish they could do in places on docs. Our concern there, I think, is noise, right, for this kind of... Yeah, comments are dirty. <laughs> yeah, there are... Your comments are dirty, Curtis. <laughs> hey, just... let's just do comments that disappear in seven days. So, oh, that like, is not... Like messages on the on new iPhone. <laughs> that is not all that different from what <laughs> currently exists and people find not sufficient. Because right now, actually, there are comments. There are comments in a lot of places in documentation. You can comment on changes. You can comment on flags. You can actually comment on drafts, but no one really finds that, which is another problem. Hmm. I did not find that. And but yes, not on the but all of these things go away, right? right? They are transient. They only exist while something is pending, right? And part of the problem is the discussion is lost. And part of the problem is, like, you can't really follow up. Like, even if you can find it, like, once a change is approved, like, that's basically done. So once an approved oh, request is handled, it's kind of done. And Because they're not comments on the artifact. They're comments on a meta thing that is happening to the artifact. Yes. And so once yes. that path is resolved, the thing being talked about is essentially gone. It's yes. Uh, yeah, you can find it. It is in the... But it's well, not... you can find yes. it, but you've got the source code. Yes, yes. And not everybody's even on the same timeline. So people yeah. come back to the topic a week later and all these changes have occurred. So, we definitely do have a problem there in the most recent, though by the time this goes out, it might be the second or third most recent meta announcement. We've shared a little bit of what we're working on, very early mock-ups for discussion. People are asking for comments. Like, we want to fill the same use case, but the problem with comments as they exist on Stack Overflow right now, and it's not a big problem in Q&A, is just that they're handled and done, and they're still there. Right. It's not uncommon. There's no natural cleanup. Like even the best yes. comments, someone asks for a correction, someone says, great, I'll do that. They add the correction. And then you've got a better post, but you've also got these two sort of dead trees sitting there. Right. Right. Yeah. And like on Q&A, fine, whatever, because. Hey, hey, don't the forget about for, Q&A. Uh, we love Q&A. No, no, no. My point is it's fine in Q&A because the life cycle for improvement on an answer or on a right. question right. is relatively short. Like if a question, it's like, oh, can you add some more details here? That either happens in a few hours or a day or it doesn't matter anymore. An answer, likewise, it gets improved for most. The canonical answers are actually an example. 
of where that doesn't happen and that's kind of a problem is you end up with these 70 comment things that we collapse with weird rules and then everyone's confused we want to avoid that dead tree thing because with documentation well these examples are supposed to live for years and years and years and building up comments is, is not useful millennia yes <laughs> let's aim big so yeah. curtis that comment thing was good but from my observation of the feedback of people using it i thought not pretty enough was the primary <laughs> yeah, problem I figured that was it, coming. it was okay it just needed to pop <laughs> yep Shall we do some news? News? News. News of the day? Wait, hold on. We have music, but this is not the right music. This is going to be good music as soon as somebody composes it. The news is with Ilana today. Ilana, what's going on? Well, I first wanted to start off by sharing this very special letter that we got from Joshua. I opened up all the sticker requests, and this one came... Dear Stack Exchange members, thank you for an amazing website. I've used it since 2012, albeit I didn't have an account on your network until 2014, as I was only in third grade. Okay, now, sorry, I did the math here. <laughs> stop, stop, stop. Neither you nor the FCC needs to do any math. Let okay. us continue. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the math does not really prove anything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Math's one of those things, like, everyone has their own take on it. Right. And if carry on, can we hear from Joshua, Keep reading. please? <laughs> Joshua says, my knowledge of how to do things in various circumstances has greatly increased, specifically in programming, English, and use of Apple products. My brother, currently heading into fourth, I'm going to eighth, has used Stack Overflow while working on his local website. And of course, my dad uses you guys at his job. Hopefully with these stickers, I can cover various items with Stack Exchange related items. Thanks, Joshua. Woo! So, all right, Joshua. And this came, we'll link to a picture. I'll put it in bad picture. This all is right, a John. handwritten, handwritten this letter. This is a handwritten letter. It came folded in half. It says letter on the outside. Yeah. And it says a letter, if you didn't. It says know. a letter. It does say a letter. And, and this, I didn't know <laughs> kids these days even knew what those were. They so. clearly they don't because he wrote a letter on the outside. I mean, what kind of an amateur operation? <laughs> now, one very telling thing is that it's not written in cursive. Yeah. That is, that is oh, the thing that is, is over. Yeah, cursive is gone. Cursive is over. Yeah, I, am, I am bitter about Thank this. Thank God because I cannot read cursive. Cursive is impossible. Three different kinds of cursive in yeah. cursive changing Cursives, schools. There are like seven different elementary. ways to write a Q that yes. just always infuriated me. <laughs> yeah, cursive is super helpful if you're a scribe. Yeah, <laughs> or like a teacher. You want something to make the kids have to study. So Josh's letter came in. Alana, I was sitting in the cafe. The I work up there. There's just Joel. And I happened to be sitting there when Alana's like, oh, I want to show you something. Show me this letter. And I was having a bad day. I don't know. I was stressed about, I don't know, some nonsense. doesn't matter what. Was it because I was hitting you? And it, which, as I've <laughs> told you, is an OSHA vi There are not a lot of things OSHA defines explicitly. <laughs> and physical violence from your direct supervisor right. is right. apparently one All of the right. things they itemize. Just suck it up. But this was one of these, I do think like it's easy to get focused on all kinds of things that we're stressed about. But when you think about sort of what we are able to be a part of, sort of the people all doing this stuff, this was one of the, like he's talking about how he's learned on his brother and his dad. Yeah. And he's a kid trying to learn more, right? Yeah. And it's just awesome. It was just Did awesome. you cry? You Too much. I got, well, you hang cry. on. Let Delaney read the follow-up. So I ended up sending him a t-shirt. I wrote him a nice little note and I got an email back from his father. This is saying, turning into the reciprocity treadmill where you each have to like constantly. Wait, you sent him a t-shirt? I yeah. did. Did you send him then stickers, too? Because he, like, he asked for I did. He did. He did get stickers. And then you he did have get to send him up. An otter. <laughs> an otter. An otter. Live otter. There's nothing Pretty beyond an otter. Like Once you're sending an otter. his family house to Thanksgiving-style turkey dinners for all Stack Overflow members in greater Wisconsin. I don't know what state he lives it's in. It's right how if you just say, I saw an otter, 
it sounds yeah. adorable. And if oh. you say I sent someone a live otter, it sounds yeah. like a horrible threat. <laughs> like, that's probably, that is probably some sort of felonious All right, assault. wait. So what was the actual follow-up? I didn't no, hear about So he story. responds, I wanted to say a big thank you for the nice swag that you sent my son, Joshua. I'm not sure if he told you, but he's an enthusiastic 14-year-old programmer. Yeah. I've been very proud of his delving deep into programs and learning programming by looking at code and then adapting these programs on his own. Thank you for encouraging him. A proud father. Woo. Yeah. I think this is like does not add up to third no, grade two years ago. Stop Sorry. with the math. We we <laughs> maintain the, the actual right conclusion here is we hire him as an intern, right? Yeah. Isn't that the oh, yeah, step? actually, and yeah, here's by the, the way, this is the picture of him in his t-shirt. Yeah. We should get them on the podcast nice. if we can. We I don't think we have we to. We should not share the picture him of him without young. But if you post no. on Stack Overflow, if you answer questions, if you edit, if you do anything, you're helping kids like Josh learn. I mean, it's just I just think it's awesome. I think the I'm see I'm being sincere. I know it sounds cheesy, but it is. It is very nice. First of all, also, it's extremely gracious when people send us a thank you letter. Yeah. We don't get a lot of those. We help 40 million people a month. That's true. On an average of six times. To be fair, most of them are helping each other, and we're just kind of keeping the lights on. So (laughs) the only other time in your life you get thank you letters is for wedding gifts. I'm just helping the COBOL letters. Oh, gosh. Don't even. One time, I literally, for my brother-in-law's wedding, he sent us, like, the obligatory thank you card. (laughs) It literally cut off (laughs) mid-sentence. Like, he just... Got distracted and forgot what he was doing and like yeah. sealed it up with the rest of them and mailed it off. If I recall correctly, we sent Dalgus a drawing of a spoon for a thank you card. Please <laughs> tell me what he sent you had nothing to do with a spoon because that's so much No, no, he, he sent uh, us a spoon and it. his card said spoon. So Cassie can confirm. So I, if I, I ever think get she married again, it. I'm just going to send everyone a picture of a spoon regardless of what they got me. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. This is hilarious to programmers. Hey, Kevin, I'm pretty sure we sent you a knife. <laughs> I feel like it's innately hilarious to send someone a picture of a spoon. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't matter your background. No, let's, it's let's only hilarious Did you register for a spoon? Never mind. It doesn't matter. It's not important right now. We could add thank you cards to our proposed constitution next week. Oh, what if everybody who oh, yeah. posts on Stack Overflow gets a handwritten thank you card? We'll have a year, obviously, because there's some numbers. We'll come back to this issues. idea. Let's okay, we'll, we'll revisit. We'll revisit. Save it for the next constitutional. Yeah. All right, Alana was going to read us the next. Yes. The next a thing. new pair of programming game is promising to be the chat roulette for developers called Code Roulette. The platform matches developers from around the world and gives them coding challenges they must solve together in real time. All right. Developers are matched based on experience and spoken language preferences. Esperanto. So when you say the chat roulette for X, all I think of is there's yeah, some yeah, yeah. unfortunate yeah. camera angles. Yeah, so, right, chat yeah. roulette started with this like magical kind of random like yeah, who knows like what some, you'll discover. Like this groovy Dutch boy no, playing the guitar. We all knew what we discover. Everyone knew what they would discover when they clicked chat roulette. Well, no, but at first, the very first moment, not not the first day. That's that the thing the is, I think it, it took some time before it was, the no, it was no, the whiff of danger that was the whole point. That's why it's called chat roulette. The second best place to do it. That's the roulette in the name. Is that you're playing Russian roulette? I've been to Las Vegas, and I don't play cards. roulette a lot, but never when I played have I had to encounter that sort of situation. No, no, no it's not roulette. It's anyway. Russian roulette, right? Russian it's, roulette. It's the, you know. So anyway, this thing is, you get die. paired up with a random other programmer. Yeah. And then you code a challenge. And you do some coding. For fun. That's, that sounds fun. This sort of reminds me a little bit of Pramp, which is a website where you can prepare for interview questions by kind of, you get paired up with somebody probably not based on choice of language or Esperanto, but you get paired up with somebody else who's also applying for jobs and you can kind of help each other by giving each other practice interview questions. So one thing I thought was interesting about this one is they give you a challenge, right? So when you go to this thing, what's it called? Code roulette. Code roulette. They give you a shared challenge, the two of you. And one thing I can't tell if this is good or bad, but it struck me as surprising is one or both of you may speak the language, which is to say, so when you go to this, yeah, it's unclear to you when you get this challenge 
if you'll be with someone else who speaks the language and together you will try to solve a problem in a language you speak, or if you will speak? be taught. Usually not speak. we don't talk speak. about speaking I keep saying a speak. programming language. See, the Esperanto really <laughs> threw me. Whether you are will you, be. Jay, are you one of those people that refers to listening to Audible books as reading them? No. <laughs> I refer to listening to Audible books as hearing my stories like everyone my age does. <laughs> are you one of those people that thinks that coding should qualify for learning a language in school? Oh, My, yeah, 12 ooh. words. No, let's not start that. Yeah, I don't want to feel old today. Okay. So I thought that was interesting. Is like you don't know if you're going to be like teamed up with someone and you both work in that language, if you're going to be teaching someone how to do a thing in that language or if they're going to be teaching you, which I don't know if that's exciting or makes it scarier. Or yeah. Sort of an interesting choice. So All most right. of the time, the experience is, you know what? Forget it. I don't have time to teach you this. I'm just going to do it myself. I rate this you idea might not be three stars for mentoring online. <laughs> Next item. According to GitHub's annual report released this month, Microsoft projects received more contributions than any other organization on GitHub, including Facebook, Google, Apache, and several others. Didn't they say that Microsoft contributed more to open source? Like there were more Microsoft yeah, but what they, more lines of code. They I didn't think. disclose is yeah. like 92% of it is just forks of Microsoft Flight Simulator where they've been reskinned to look like Pokemon. Or... <laughs> Do they even make Microsoft Flight Simulator anymore? No, no. Wait, did they really open source Flight Simulator? Yes. That would be awesome. I think they, they did open source it. Flight Simulator at some point after they hit really? it in Excel quadrupling its size or something yeah, I think the for reason that many years. Microsoft stopped making Flight Simulator is that the open source one was better. Is that true? Oh, yeah. Is that yeah. like an a, open source one that's a ripoff? Was it an urban legend that they embedded all of Flight Simulator in Excel as an Easter egg? No. no. However, there was a Flight Simulator-like game embedded as an Easter egg in a version of Excel. Okay. You could fly it around and... They stripped that out in some compliance thing, I think. It was only it was in like, a particular, like, point something decimal release or something. And you had to go to, like, the 64,000th row and do a weird thing, and it was, right, like, really, right. really buried, right? It was very hard to get. I think that's... I figured it out by browsing the source code. <laughs> <laughs> Which is... And possibly if I hadn't done that, nobody would have ever Which is a it. thing other people could do now because Microsoft is open yeah. sourcing all this code to bring us back on topic. Yes. Oh. Almost certainly not Excel. But this, I mean, whether it's David's engineered... fixation with topics. Whether it's engineered <laughs> or natural, right? Microsoft has dramatically pushed hard in the last, I think, yeah. two years, year and a half, basically, to well, represent a more open, open source. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. I want to play devil's advocate. Okay. Maybe it's just because Microsoft at this point is such a big corporation that they're not really doing anything anyway. There's just a bunch of people there, and the people are like, eh, well, we don't actually have to work on anything important because this is such a big corporation at this point. And so they're like, I'll just work on an open source project. Why not? doesn't matter. So, no, it's not that they're deciding to Microsoft employees to go work on open source projects. It's that Microsoft took all the things that people were already working on and made them open source. Yeah. So yeah. a lot of those contributors are just Microsoft employees, right? I'm curious how many of the contributors to Microsoft projects are non-Microsoft employees. So how many right. contributions are they actually taking from outside? I know they've been ramping up some on that and the statistics offhand. There was a critique when they started doing like the Rosalind stuff. Like it wasn't really open source because all yeah, the decisions were happening. Like, Oh yeah, the decisions were happening behind closed doors and they were yeah. just dumping a lot of code that was almost impossible to even compile onto some open source projects. Or you would have issues or pull requests like closed or rejected because like what had been decided in this week's whatever that... Like secret meeting. Yeah. At the Starbucks in the Microsoft campus. At least with Roslyn. And I want to say with ASP.NET, like it's gotten a lot better because I know like the C-sharp 7 stuff, there's been a lot of pretty open discussion about syntax and design, which is really interesting to go look at if you're kind of into C-sharp, which I am. Yeah. So... And I think the point still stands. This is almost an unimaginable Microsoft from, from the old days ago. Yeah, Bill Gates was just super paranoid about open source, and Steve Ballmer was even more paranoid and also didn't understand it. 
So it's really kind of we're in the new world. You could go back in time and tell the open source community 20 years ago that this was going to happen. Yeah. Nobody would ever. Yep. But now they probably feel that they were co-opted and this is why yeah, everything That's has to right. be GPL because if Microsoft is participating, it's bullshit. And <laughs> there's a few of those. There's, <laughs> yep. there's definitely a few of those yeah. out there. Is that way you use a time machine for? That's a waste. Yeah. I wouldn't <laughs> no. No. I've got a lot of other well, ideas I tried first. you killed Hitler. That's right. After you kill, well, that throws <laughs> off the whole timeline, and Microsoft doesn't even end up existing. It turns out. So. Yeah, I was going to go back to roughly when Esperanto was started, mostly because my yeah. understanding is I'd be taller then on a relative right. basis than right. I am today. Right. I want to see what that's like. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'd be You'd the be same height, living but every, in the 19th everyone century. else would be shorter. You also so. would not have penicillin. So that's right. I don't have any penicillin right you now. You would know so. how to get penicillin, though, and it would be much more effective That's true. than it is today. Because they have oranges. As long <laughs> as they have oranges, then I think I can sort that you all out. You can sort of make some. I might need a scientist or something. Go start eating yeah. mold off random trees, and eventually <laughs> you'll get lucky. I'm going to be like, why is my iPhone not getting on the internet? <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what you'll be doing instead? It's like literally just a 2048 You'll be machine walking up to like... Until the battery runs out. <laughs> and then it's not even a 2048 you'll machine. You'll be walking up to villagers talking about how the stupid jack is different. <laughs> and they'll just try to burn you like the witch you are. That's, That's right. how it will end. <laughs> yes. Ah, let's do one more news item. All right. Coding boot camps are booming in popularity and are starting are. to show impressive results. Yes. A new study by Course Report, a programming boot camp review site, says that 73 percent of boot camp graduates now hold jobs that require the use of skills taught at their boot camps. And 64 percent say that they have received salary increases as a result of participating in a boot camp. Also reported, 43 percent. is low. Wait, 64%? 64% said they have received salary increases. I thought it'd be more because usually the story is like, hey, you were working at Dunkin' Donuts and now you're a programmer, so your salary has now gone up. Yeah, I wonder if that's that is kind you of were already, you're already, a, already well, a developer. Maybe a number of people going to, to boot camps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because that, yeah. that implies you already job. had a salary. I know people that have been through boot camps and not even necessarily the best boot camps who became very effective programmers with boot camps and Stack Overflow. And like they had to work their butts off, but if they got the motivation, yeah. We've hired. We just hired our first two people out of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I, I knew that. Don't Ian. tell them, but they're impressive. So oh, I totally knew that. Yeah, right, don't, we'll just edit that get out. Big heads. They're all right. One <laughs> observation, though, not to get too yeah. Trumpian and blaming the media, but it does sound like the source here, which is a basically a news outlet entirely dependent on people being interested in and caring about boot camps, has determined that boot camps are really important <laughs> and relevant today. That, that is far too rational <laughs> to be <laughs> called <laughs> Trumpian. <laughs> if we set that aside, I do wonder. How many of you guys, David, you were a CS major, weren't you? Yes. It does feel to me like my understanding, talking to folks, well, I'm not suggesting you don't get a very deep and robust Oh, it's definitely there. more than David knew when he started Well, no, but the boot camps I are more nothing. practical, aren't they? Like, I actually feel like yeah. boot camps yeah. are yeah. optimizing yep. to teach you how to get out and write production so, code in a professional yeah, environment, which science. I don't think computer science does at no. the graduate level that much. Nope. No. In my four-year degree, there was exactly one course where they covered practical things like how to use source control yep. and... That might have been the only practical thing they actually covered. I had plus there was like a senior senior project you could do practical stuff if you so cared to choose to do something practical. My CS program was better, but because we had three. That makes sense. You're a better program than those guys. But still like three classes over the course of four years, you could easily fit that into a boot camp in three months. Yeah. Well, it's like, look, there's a normal path through a four-year CS degree. It's just a long one. You do your CS degree, yeah. which gets you into an internship where you learn all these things. And they're yeah. just expecting you to come in not knowing a lot of the basic skills. And they just teach there's you. like, them. I mean, I got the CS degree and I knew I was going to, but I could have skipped all of that and been just about as effective. Like, and that was self-taught. Yeah. Computer science is interesting to me but it is not necessary to be a good professional developer. No, you heard it here, folks, true. from Kevin Matros. Education is a big waste of time. There are very few programming jobs for which a CS degree is necessary. 
Yeah. Yeah. Almost nobody See, needs to but be. But you can tell David went to a nice liberal arts school where in between CS, they forced him to learn how to say things like for which in the correct construction. That's right. Is that a word for which? For which? Yeah. It's like a taco. <laughs> for it's, it's like between a taco and a for burrito. When you got that. Oh, it's a for which. <laughs> no, it's a sandwich uh, with four pastrami, pieces of bread. But like, do it like a for which for, for me. You mind? Yeah. That's like an ice cream sandwich, but not made with... <laughs> Yeah. There's one other statistic. I think we <gasps> cut Ilana off before she got to the end of this. But... Oh, there might have been an interesting line there or something. Is there I, some if it's not about ice cream well, sandwiches, it is no longer interesting to me. It is also reported 43% of boot camp students nationwide are women. In okay. comparison, 15.7% of undergraduate computer science majors. I'm surprised 15.7 seems so low. 15% well, no, that seems high, high based on the, my class. <laughs> yeah. So in my experience, at least, I would believe 15.7% for like made it to second semester of freshman year, but actually but graduating seems computer science departments are toxic. I don't, I don't actually have a so. statistic for that, but <laughs> the other thing I heard is that women with CS degrees are less likely than men with CS degrees to go into programming careers. Oh, I can also believe that. That goes back to Kevin's point that like the they'll departments They'll do a CS degree. Are... You won't even notice them because they're not like hanging out and hacking with the boys. And then they go to law school. Interesting. Or I... get a PhD or get Which a is consulting right? job. Yeah. I know, the I don't know. They make more money than us. <laughs> but they have to be lawyers. <laughs> Maybe that's do. right. It's interesting, like, how are the boot camps more effective, essentially, at attracting diverse talent? Yeah, why are they accomplishing this? Yeah, then yeah. college departments seem we to We should find out. I think they're actually they care. trying. Proactively, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I think they're like, what I've seen of the New York boot camps, they're, they're making a big effort to... I guess with a boot camp, on some level, if you run a private boot camp and you want it to be diverse or want to attract a mixed group or want to support any group learning programming, you can target them, you can try to attract them, you can make that your class. In a college, you actually have almost no influence yeah, they can on control steering it at the, the populace level, but yeah. they can't control to, it toward, a certain major. toward a certain major. Like there's and no, in fact, no ability to. Everybody could start in CS, and then they could just have a very high dropout rate, and there's people a, there's right. a, could just switch to political election. science. I did have professors and department heads who encouraged me to not major in things, but I yeah. know of no way they can get you to right. major Just in listen, things. Esperanto yeah. is not a real language. The Esperanto literature consists of two right, translated Jay, books. They were all trying to talk you out of your drama major? Drama was just all that was left after all the real departments told me I was uh, not welcome there anymore. <laughs> oh, I see. Got it. Otter rescue. Otter. 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 Is that a major? I'm going back to school. You know, it was Otter so First cute. Aid and EMT Services, Curtis, and I wish you wouldn't disparage her. <laughs> well, you've gone and wasted another hour of your life listening to Stack Overflow podcast number 88, recorded Tuesday, September 20th, 2016, at Stack Overflow headquarters. This podcast has been brought to you by the International Otter Survival Fund. <laughs> Otters are found on every continent except Australia and Antarctica. One more reason not so, to go to Australia. Really, five continents. They live in rivers, lakes, estuaries, and the sea. There are 13 species of otter in the world. Visit the International Otter Survival Fund's kids' website at www.loveotters.org. And Compose, an IBM company. As a developer, you want to build great apps and bootstrap faster, not be limited by your operational toolset. Imagine a world with instantly built production-grade data layers on Compose. Our audio engineers, Carlos Fernandez, ex-audio engineer, Alex Miller. Audio editor today is David Greenlee. Our producer is Jess Pardue. And our executive producer is Caitlin Pike. For Kevin Montrose, Curtis Beavers, Jay Hanlon, David Fulton, and Ilana Itaki. Oh, my God, that's a long list. I'm Joel Spolsky. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Also, like trying to weed people 
out and like almost proud of the fact that like 200 people would start in the first CS class and then by the next one there were like 20 right. people. Look to your left, look to your right. Now look all around the room. If any of those people is here at the end, you're gone. In eight other directions. By the time you got to the algorithms class, like sophomore year, that was the fun one where the people who came in thinking they knew everything actually got sort of caught up short. Automata senior year, that was that was a kick in the teeth for like everyone. And then the Dungeons and Dragons third edition came out with the new sorcerers and all that kind of stuff. And that was just a disaster for computer science students everywhere. Today's constitutional question is socks before pants. Go to Twitter right now, type hashtag Stack Overflow podcast, pro or con?